lyrically on the Auditory playlist, I got a lot of stuff from Skillet, which is a, a Christian rock band, which I didn't know because I mostly saw it in like fucking anime AMVs. <laughs> and it's really interesting to me because they're all about like, I need a hero to save me. And I'm like, yeah, like Sasuke. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, like Jesus, that makes sense. <laughs> So that's what's great about it. It can be about anything, well, including now that Jesus. Created probably the most sacrilegious the Ozpod episode per capita. Maybe we should just end this now. <laughs> we should, maybe we should get out of here. No, we, we can get a end. few more blasphemies in here. Yeah, where does Crush Forty fit into all of this? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. I believe this might be our last regular episode of the year. I am joined by Red. Hello. I uh, have coffee. It's my signature homemade Starbucks frap copycat recipe. Uh, I'm slowly trying to dial back the amount of sugar in it so that it's a little bit less tooth hurty. But uh, it's working, hopefully. Good. It needs to because this week has so many things. <laughs> I'm very slowly scaling the mountain of stuff on my calendar. Yeah. Every day you get to, it's the furthest step you've taken away from crossing a metaphor <laughs> or something or other. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm finishing up a detailed diatribe that goes live in two days. That's very exciting. But I'm um, so excited for that one. We, we can't look uh, too far ahead. We've got to uh, jump backwards in time to videos that we did. Um, I had a video about uh, a nice breezy topic after finishing Rome. I decided <laughs> that the best thing to do would be to talk about the codification of the Bible. <laughs> Which is the dumbest fucking idea that I've had in months. Even stupider than the Rome video was like, yeah, after this giant project, I'll do something light and breezy. Religious history. <laughs> I I was really appreciative of how optimistic you were about the comment section on that one. You're Honestly, like, most people were thrilled. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people were thrilled. But I there was... um. It, it was a very good video, and it was interesting because when I read through the script, I was a bit of a canary in the coal mine for, like, how well does this play to somebody who actually doesn't know shit about fuck when it comes to this <laughs> stuff? Like, I, I've been very insulated from this sort of situation. So it's like, okay, you called this guy an apostle. Uh, are the others also apostles? Because you didn't say that, but I don't know if they're all supposed to be in the same box. And you're like, they, yes, they, yeah. okay. Um, no, it was, it was really <laughs> useful because I was kind of coming from, like, Someone who was, you know, raised in, like, vague, you know, Christian noises, mm -hmm. uh, but is not practicing and didn't go to, like, Sunday school for any of this stuff. But I still have, like, more of an innate familiarity than, you know, a, a general, you know, audience of, of assumed, you know, like not assuming religious education baseline. Mm -hmm. So you were extremely helpful in like, what do I need to actually talk about? And like, what's too much? What makes sense to explain? Where do mm -hmm. I like go back and, and uh, like, okay, I define this term once I can pull it back up here. Um, the, the comment section to your point was, was broadly very appreciative. People mm -hmm. were jazzed like, oh, you know, hey, I yeah, studied this in, in, you know, uh, uh, Sunday school, or I grew up religious, or you know this or that, or I'm Jewish, or I'm Muslim. Uh, really interesting to learn where all this stuff came from. Um, the the one uh, comment that I got a handful of times was um, uh, to to the credit of the commenters, a uh, inartful phrasing uh, on my part where I said um, the Hebrew Bible uh, arriving from the great undefined mist describes to the quill of God uh, according to Christians whereas mm -hmm. you know in Judaism it's like hey like a lot of the back ends of these books like outside of the five books of Moses like were written by people for people and we can pretty much figure out exactly when they were written and for what purpose so uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, that was a, a note that your your dad kindly um, informed me of to help me 
make that a little clearer, but yeah. I, I was still unclear on, like, according to Christianity, according to pop culture Christianity, because anyone who actually, like, pays attention to the religion knows, like, okay, well, it's, we, we say it's divinely inspired, but yeah. we still think it was written by people. It's like, where does God's word end and human's word start? So me saying ascribes to the quill of God is... Strictly speaking, incorrect, but oh, if you look online speaking. or go to anyone on the street, it's like, who wrote the Bible? God. So it's like, <laughs> well, I am i didn't quite say it the way that I should have. No, I don't no, think no, no, I no. was wrong. Um, I and don't I, think we, we talked about this afterwards, but it yeah. was like, I could have been a little clearer about this. I don't think there I was a wrong. way <laughs> that you could have phrased that where you wouldn't have gotten nitpicked about it. Because I, again, this is something that I didn't really have any information about. I was like, well, I know that, you know, the Tanakh was written by like, human beings obviously but like uh oh so the word of god will of god yeah that makes sense okay and then like if you google like did god write the bible guess what answer you get <laughs> yes well technically <laughs> no but yes well you know it's a little bit but yes like yeah. uh, it was the word of god through the quill of humans but yes it's like so because if you had said that god didn't write the bible yeah that exactly. comment section would have been exactly. radioactive <laughs> like there's no winning like there's never any winning with an internet comment section anyway but you decided to confront the question whose words are in the bible sometimes i'm what really glad that this podcast doesn't have a comment section in any sort of easily accessible way and, and when when we talked about this afterwards and you said blue, consider what would have happened if you said the exact opposite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You would have gotten crucified yourself <laughs> in real life over that. So it's uh, like, yeah, you know what? I do stand by it. It was a little bit sloppy of phrasing, but you know what? I, I, I stand by my I stand by my argument. So uh, overall, like looking at the the history in general, talking about like how do these stories come to be and and tracing the line of like, you know, oral tradition from from, you know, theoretically first-hand accounts, yeah, great undefined mist, uh, through uh, a line of, you know, invisible oral storytellers passing on these stories across uh, distance and time until they eventually got written down, not by the people whose names are on the Gospels, but by just other random scribes. Mm. Um, it's like, yeah, maybe the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark was named Mark, but he's not that Mark. Um, <laughs> but learning that the, the the chain of storytellers that brought these into being is completely invisible in terms of like who actually did it. Yet it is, you know, the work of so many people working together is like, that's really cool. I think it's more interesting that way, <laughs> but that's just me. So um, trying to not uh, be like, ah, yes, you see, I am agnostic. Therefore, I don't have a horse in this race, but also mm -hmm. not be like, ah, yes, I am agnostic. Therefore, this is all like silly and dumb. Uh, uh, it's yeah. a hard balance to strike, but I feel like I was able to uh, uh, to, to pull it off as, as best as could be asked. And this is one of the, the fun kinds of videos where a lot of the comments are like, this was way better than it had any right to be. Like, we all expected this to be a disaster, right? And that's what I got after my, my Cold War video. Like, this should not have worked. This was, video was good. On paper, given the topic, it shouldn't have been. Uh -huh. Yeah, no, you, you, you play a dangerous game when you're uh, wading through the mires of history. Like, sometimes, you know, you, you go near one of these topics and the Geiger counter just starts crackling. And it's like this, <laughs> well, uh, let's yeah. put on the protective gear and hope this works. Yeah, and uh. it's like I had come up with the idea of like, oh, you know, I'd want to do a history makers on like um, St. Augustine and Thomas Aquinas because they're like interesting figures and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can kind of like draw it backwards and, and do like kind of like a soft little little biblical uh, 
trio of history makers so I can do like uh, Augustine Aquinas the evangelist and I didn't think like <laughs> that one's the spicy one because <laughs> that those are the ones that are in the Bible yeah but well, was, I had a blast yeah. it, it honestly turned out really well I was I was shocked at how much fun I had while while putting it together and I, I like how this one works kind of alongside my uh, my video about the Baghdad House of Wisdom is kind of like a a little kind of soft part one part two. There's no real connection between them in terms of like strict content, but in terms mm-hmm. of like the uh, the the story, the the vibes, the the feeling of this kind of like religious history. It's like yeah, it's, it's cool to do those. They're they're not easy, but they are rewarding. So I I, I had fun. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely interesting when I was reading through the earlier draft of kind of being like. So wait a minute, were these historical guys, like, there's, like, no facts about these guys, like, no. who they were. It's just, like, a name, and then and this is the chunk that they wrote. So, like, like what's up with them? And you're like, well, what's up with them is these parts of the Bible, basically. And also, it's definitely not actually them. And I was like, yeah. oh, given that this is a history maker, might be good to, like, say even anything about these guys other than just their names. It's like, yeah, yeah, let's throw it in yeah, a no, sentence Yeah, it was definitely two. good to, to spell that out a little uh, clearer. Um, mm-hmm. Like talking about uh, the Gospel of Matthew, not written by Matthew, but, you know, whatever. Uh, there's a whole sequence where Jesus meets with, like, Matthew the tax collector, and it's like, hey, hang out with me instead. And Matthew's like, amazing. <laughs> the author in the Gospel who's telling the story doesn't give any sense of, like, any first person uh, in this narrative? <laughs> like, one would think if this was written by Matthew that maybe Matthew couldn't help but kind of, like, editorialize a little bit about what he was feeling in this scene. Um, that so, Matthew's yeah. last name, Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very interesting, especially learning all this stuff secondhand. Um, I... I, I I think I'm glad that you managed to sneak in Bible Beatles because that's the only way I could figure out how to because it's like there's yeah. four of them and they've all got white boy names. So and like not only that, but it was the Bible Beatles and the odd man out is John that because you hey. gave me the joke of Bible Beatles. And then when I was putting it together, I'm like, and uh, the odd man out in our group of Bible Beatles is, of course, John. And I'm like, wait, wait, hey. <laughs> like I wrote it first before I even realized what the joke was. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they, they come to you in a flash of light, divinely inspired, handed down by the quill of God. Hey! <laughs> like a bolt of lightning. It's fine. Um, I, I had fun. Uh, this video was objectively a stupid decision, but it turned out great. Yeah. And that's what I love about the work we do on this channel, is I can take a video topic that's like, oh, this is a mistake. This is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can, I, can, I can put in the effort. I can do some research. I can figure this out. We'll be okay. Yeah, I can make and this it's work. it's fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, the art of framing is really a lot of what we do here. Yeah. And, uh, and it can be very fun to just sort of artfully dance around the real spicy bits. Um, what video did I do with last? You did Tone Armor. It was tone great. Armor. I liked this one a lot. Oh, God. Uh, so at last recording, we uh, we were about to go to PAX. Uh, hmm. And the immediate <laughs> update after that is that uh, we did go to PAX, and I got in one day of PAX before I had to quarantine with my first bout of COVID. Woo! So things are a little bit fuzzy. Like, I never got the full brain fog, but I was a little bit preoccupied for the last couple weeks. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, I'm all better now. Get your boosters. I never even lost my sense of smell and taste. Get your yeah. boosters. Get your boosters. <laughs> Mask. <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, no, Tone Armor. I had a really fun time writing this one out because it was, it was definitely one of the ones where uh, I didn't know where I was going when I started writing up my notes for it. 
uh, as mentioned in the video, it's a concept that I'd identified and coined a name for, but couldn't find anything specific about it that anybody else had like written out or consolidated. Like I was even like Googling the term just to be sure, like this yeah. is just me, right? And at time of recording, Seemed to be the only one there. Uh, there were a couple of people in the comments like, okay, so when do we make a TV Tropes page for it? And it's like, oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Wait, hold on. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, last I checked, there wasn't one. Uh, but no, it was a... Uh, it was nope, an interesting, yeah, in yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting uh, thing to try and identify and pin down because, like, you know, I obviously compared it to plot armor because they're very similar terms. And when I started, you know, codifying it, I was like, these are pretty similar concepts. Um, and similarly, plot armor is also very ill-defined. It's one of those things that I think mostly gets griped about. But yeah. like, if you had to actually be like, is this plot armor or is this just the character is actually durable or like, are they just lucky? And, you know, after a certain point, it's like this character didn't immediately crack their skull open and die. What a bunch of plot armor. It's like, oh, yes, that thing that we have to make sure that the story actually happens. Could you um, imagine like an alternate cut of Game of Thrones where like Ned Stark's about to get decapitated? But then, like, like they hit him with a thing, and then he turns into a little cartoon accordion and just like walks away, <laughs> and then pops back into full. <laughs> he cans like, uh, like yeah. when they when they smack the monster into the wall of the that one clip I put in from that one Looney Tunes thing with Bugs Bunny versus the big orange guy in sneakers. Yeah. You know the one, yeah. Um, oh gosh, and like yeah. this is something that people have used to make so many jokes there were a bunch of comments that were like hey this reminds me of the Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover and I was like it reminded me also of the Supernatural Scooby-Doo crossover that's why I used it as an example in the video Yeah, you know the bit where Shaggy breaks his arm and is confused that that's a thing that can happen now oh, God. yeah I was really tickled by that episode I have never ever in my life been a Supernatural person I watched the first season like ages back and I was like I'm lost I, I don't yeah whatever um, and then they were like they did a, a Scooby-Doo crossover uh, animated and it's actually really good and I looked it up and I was like this is one of the best things I've ever seen uh, <laughs> and it definitely reshaped my understanding because that's the whole plot of that episode is like oopsies our actual like grimdark ghost fighting shenanigans have invaded and warped the paradigm of this fictional TV show and now the characters are all having existential crises about the fact that like hell is real and demons can kill them and stuff like that um, and I just thought it was a very cute little bit of meta-narrative writing from a show that, let's be honest, doesn't have the best reputation for good writing. <laughs> no. Um, I, I did uh, – two things stuck out to me. One was uh, mm -hmm. a handful of instances where you cut very closely around huge spoilers and dramatic mm -hmm. moments uh, <laughs> in The Last of Us 2. And then also uh, like, oh, who's this lady with giant claws here to see beloved Paragon Maze Hughes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody would – possibly know what goes on there from like 50 other trope talks yeah. um, but what I love about this this trope talk is it it feels like one of a um, uh, an August like half dozen or dozen uh, trope talks that are essentially like a load-bearing fact of storytelling mm. when you're talking about the concept of tone armor you're talking about like the narrative probability of what can happen in a story before the audience is like what is this story even doing yeah <laughs> and I, I like that it was a it was a cool kind of like lure you in with oh haha it's like you know a duck gets shot and his bill spins around and then it's <laughs> like this actually points to a very fundamental necessity of the way we construct narratives in the first place yeah there needs to be a degree of thematic consistency within a story or it starts just constantly reminding you that it is a story 
um, which is always a bit of a weird feeling, you know, hand of the author stuff. Uh, and I had a good time nailing down, like, what was I talking about? Like, what is this? What are the parameters of it? How, what are the examples of it? How does it play out and serve the story? And what happens when you fuck with it? Because, like, you know, obviously, like, oh, you shatter tone armor and it's funny. It's like, oh, no, uh, which one is which one of Tom and Jerry is the cat? I never remember. Tom is the cat. Tom is the cat. Oh no, we hit Tom. Oh, that makes sense. Tom cat. We hit yeah. Tom with a mallet, and he crunched up like an accordion. Tee hee hee. And then like that VG Cats comic I used as an example. It's like now he's got a brain injury, and Jerry's <laughs> going to prison. And I was like, ha ha ha. Hmm, something's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, like that's funny. But then, like again, one of the other examples I used was like the season finale for the first season of Sailor Moon, where it's like it's been magical girl shenanigans. You know, there's been a little bit of peril, a little bit of angst, but mostly we're okay and everything resets. And then it's like Sailor Jupiter's fucking dead. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? And I was like, oh god, I like I've talked about this so many times. I think that almost all the best long running shows strike a good balance between like fun scene setting and tone setting and like this is the status quo the characters are mostly not in peril they mostly just do like not full slice of life but like normal shenanigans like they hang out with each other there's a there's like a gradient of severity and that way when you have the unexpectedly dark episodes where the characters are dealing with unexpectedly high stakes or unexpectedly dangerous you know um uh I already used the word stakes. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, but like unexpectedly dangerous peril. Uh, then it's like, oh no, I'm used to seeing these characters in one context. Now I'm getting to see how they navigate another context. But if you don't do that work of setting out the status quo in the first place, if you don't put in like the time to actually let the characters kind of hang out in lower stakes environments and, you know, quip and get to know each other, then those heavy moments won't hit as well. It's like if you start a story in Medias Res, like, oh, the characters are in the middle of the final confrontation with the bad guy. That's so cool. It's like, you don't know who the fuck any of these people are. This is just empty spectacle. You are looking at pretty shapes and explosions. And then after that, they can take the time to be like, here's actually why this was important and who these guys are and how they they like each other and the things that you're invested in seeing progress. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Would have been nice to know that before we got dropped into the big flashy anime fight. Um, And... So with, with with something like the first season of Sailor Moon, where it's like 60 episodes of just like episodic shenanigans. Oh, no, everyone's got a cold. Sailor Venus has to take care of them, teehee. Or like, oh, Sagi's fighting another bad guy and she's still pretty bad at it. And then it's like, everyone else is dead. Have fun confronting the bad guy alone. <laughs> if you're lucky, their ghosts might show up to give you a little boost. <laughs> it's like... In isolation, I think season one of Sailor Moon is possibly the best execution I've ever seen of just a shockingly, like, impactful, without breaking the immersion, like, tonal downturn at the end. Uh, And it ends in a very, like, tragic kind of closed time loop sort of way. Uh, And then they just decided to make four more seasons of it. So, like, whatever. (laughs) But, um... Reminds well, like, me of the uh, the the Yu-Gi-Oh examples mm-hmm. with the uh, subs uh, versus dubbed versions. <laughs> kidnapped oh, by so a tank. Funny. I'm so glad you got to name drop kidnapped, kidnapped by, a, by tank. a tank. That's for, like <laughs> kidnapped by a tank and turned his back on his family are like in jokes <laughs> now in my text threads with Magenta because I was yeah. watching some of like Yu-Gi-Oh Five Ds also has a dub and Five Ds is much darker than like original Duel Monsters, uh, which is impressive in a lot of places. But they also in the dub have the like nobody can die thing, which is troublesome. Because the first main, like, swath of bad guys are all people who died and were brought back by dark, evil card game power and are now, like, spooky zombies dueling their loved ones. 
Uh, and a critical moment in that is that this like lovable, quirky, like reporter comic relief character gets fucking thrown out of a building and in her last moments before she just fully dies after hitting the ground, card game magic comes and reanimates her as a spooky, evil, uh, more like sexily dressed version. Uh, and then she's like a zombie for the rest of the season. And then in the dub, they're like, ah, thankfully they cushioned my fall with this purple fart cloud that definitely wasn't painted in after the fact, so it doesn't look like I just hit the ground. (laughs) Um, Or like, oh no, this character is still missing. And it's like, "Mm, okay, cool. (laughs) They have to do so much fucking work to to not acknowledge the fact that all these characters are dead. It was pretty funny, too, because I was kind of live texting Magenta my reactions. I was like, oh, yeah, these guys had, like, some kind of friend breakup in the rain. And she was like, it's not a friend breakup, my guy. And then I saw the scene. I was like, oh, no, that's not a friend breakup. (laughs) It stops being a friend breakup once you're, like, tumbling, like, head over heels. And, like, when you start showing clavicle, it stops being a friend breakup. (laughs) I see what's going. 5Ds is wild. But still nobody's allowed to die officially, uh, which is absolutely bonkers because like oh the the evil card game power nazca lines absorb the souls of absolutely everybody around them to power up and then they'll be like thankfully there were no casualties but 180 (laughs) citizens have been reported missing and it's like thankfully no casualties they just got eaten and got sent to card game hell they're in the home for infinite losers (laughs) yeah exactly i i'm so glad i cut that one and reviewing that dub is wild by the way because the ocean dub of dragon ball is the same team that did the voiceover for reboot and clearly it's also the same like music team rescoring oh, wow. it so watching it was like getting this glimpse into this weird alternate dimension um and the voice actor for goku and that dub is the voice actor for bob and reboot so it was just a weird experience for me yeah. overall but just seeing the guys being like you you dumb idiot do you even know where you are this is the home for infinite losers <laughs> And it's like, yeah, I can tell from the color-coded demons with the big spiky clubs and the souls hanging out in the blood fountain. <laughs> you know? Again, nine-year-old me just thought he was training. Yeah, well, he was. <laughs> he was just also dead at the time. It's yeah. just, man, it's so funny. But I also saw people being like, you know, the Shadow Realm I actually like because it tonally smooths off some rough edges in Yu-Gi-Oh! Because it's yeah. like the stakes are this magical card game will do some weird like magic coma shit to you. It's not you've been locked into a saw trap and now your legs are going to get sliced off, you know? <laughs> so It's almost like too regular. It's like we have these magic monsters and it's like, aha, mm-hmm. a normal gun. It's like, come on. Yeah, that's season zero energy, you know, where it was mostly just normal guns. Yeah. Um, and, and then occasionally yo-yos. Anyway, um, so yeah, I had a really good time doing Tone Armor. It was a very fun opportunity for me to sneakily also uh, dump info about uh, various weirdnesses with uh, anime that I think are very funny to acknowledge directly. And, um, yeah, people seem to really like it, which is good. It was Uh, a good episode. It was really good. Thanks. Um, I love these ones that kind of bounce around a locus of an idea and then, like, mm. kind of come together for it at the very end. Yeah, and I'm really glad it worked because with that little note at the end, it wasn't scripted. I was just like, fuck, I hope this makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just spent, like, 20 minutes talking about it, but, man, I I hope I'm not just, like, jumping at shadows anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so that worked out pretty well. Um, I think that about covers what we've been up to. Uh, oh, I've also been streaming Tears of the Kingdom, uh, planning on doing very two fun. Two more streams, uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, to wrap up this long play so that when 2024 rolls around, we can stream other things. Yes, um, we got some plans for that. We'll uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, actually, I guess since this is our last podcast of the year, we're going to take the first two weeks uh, of January off of videos, mm -hmm. and we'll have some big streams on those Fridays. We're going to be playing through uh, Spider-Man 2 uh, for PlayStation, Sony's Marvel's Insomniac Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man uh, 2, excited. 5, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, PS5. Um, subtitle, subtitle, subtitle. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, new slate of streams that'll be fun. Um, we also have been on some some other things uh, recently. I uh, was on an episode of Movie Struck with Indigo um, yeah. earlier this very week talking about Pink Panther. We'll have that linked below. <laughs> and then we were also on uh, the History Nerds Conversation Parlor uh, podcast with some some friends from our, our Discord yeah. um, talking about um, like mythological creatures, uh, myth adjacent video games, uh, dumb conspiracies in history that we think are dumb. It was <laughs> yeah. a fun little forty five minutes of bouncing around various topics so those were fun we'll have them linked um but then yeah uh stay tuned for some some more good videos coming at the end of the year we got two very strong ones to close out uh mm -hmm. i you guys have no idea how excited i am for these um <laughs> and then we'll uh we'll see you with our our new year's uh bonus podcast that we always do video podcast will be on the channel on um regular podcast day uh wednesday the third yes. and then we'll uh be doing some streams then we'll be back to videos for the second half of january Mm -hmm. But until then, let's hop over to the Q&A portion of the podcast. Yay. Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, support the channel, consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode. This question comes from Space Wizard to all. What are your favorite holiday treats and do you know how to make them? Ooh. Just in general? Man. Mm. Yeah, I'd say in general. I assume based on the season that any of the winter holidays are probably front of mind. But if you've got, mm. if you want to throw one out for Earth Day, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> Cyan always makes a lovely assortment of, of various Christmas cookies um, for the holidays that are always fun. Like gingerbread sugar cookies, uh, snowdrops, um, mm -hmm. other such ones are fun. We had some some friends over for, for a game night over the weekend and uh, I, I enjoyed some some gingerbread cookies. Those were good. My mom makes these things called pecan puffs, uh, which are just these little, like, uh, powdered sugar-covered little puff balls of essentially just crushed up pecans with, like, the, the barest, like, amount of, like, sugar and binding agent to hold them together. They are unbelievably fragile and really hard to transport, but they are the most delicious thing I've ever tasted. Like, you get a box of them, and, like, if, if they're crumbled up, you just, like, scoop out the the dust and it's delicious and i think i have been told what the recipe is but i don't know how to make them. <laughs> it's not the same thing i'll, I'll need to like yeah. snap a pic of the recipe card the next yeah. time i see it um and uh also we so rarely have homemade latkes but we often do make them around this time of year and they are so tasty uh so it's just wins all around in the in the <laughs> winter osp household yeah. cuisine department yeah. Yeah, also no, we can't go wrong mm, with that. True. We do the uh, Feast of Seven Fish in my family. So the real answer to this is just anything that shows up there because like, oof, oof, does my poppy make some good men I got? But uh, if I had to pick one thing, there's pizzelles, the little like waffly wafery cookies that we make. Uh, um, people in my family make them and then they store them in like the leftover bags that like loaves of white bread come in. And mm. so you just look around the kitchen and it's just bags and bags and bags of uh, white bread that is actually just pizzelles. Uh, nice. And they're great. I, I think I have made them before. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm very confident in making them. But like if you have the little iron for them, they're not too, too hard. It is just sort of making like a pancake batter and then letting it get crispy. <laughs> hmm. 
Nice. Let's cool. see. Mold cider, uh, I mentioned oh, yeah. when we had the mm. Thanksgiving question. That's yeah. another one that I often don't get outside of this time of year. Um, I feel <laughs> I don't want to leave out my dad because so far I've just been like ideeing mostly stuff that my mom makes for the holidays. <laughs> or like my dad is like this absolutely spectacular like chef and baker. Um, but I, I think I've mentioned our traditional Christmas dinner is homemade Chinese food. Um, and it took me years and years and years to notice that this is a funny little in-joke. Oh, it's hilarious. Because <laughs> um, especially in New York, like, the two groups of people that are not, like, you know, having Christmas as a dedicated day where you don't do anything else are most of the New York Jews and most of the New York Chinese food places. So, like, there's, like, this 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 like warrior's bond of like, we understand who our only clientele is going to be today. And we understand who the only delivery places that are open are going to be. Uh, Handshake meme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I've seen some like really cute, like photos of like signs that go up or it's like, welcome, you know, we know who's coming today. <laughs> and you know, uh, even now it's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just keep the tradition alive. We're all going to have a nice little mix of these things. And it's like, it's, it's Christmas dinner. Where's the Peking duck. So I just think that's really fun. Um, well, kind of a related question from Luna Lupa uh, to Red. Do you have any Hanukkah traditions in your family and what are they? Thank you guys so much for everything that you do and happy holidays. So, mm. if you... I guess. Yeah, I mean, well, like sort of. Uh, we don't tend to. It Sort of. Uh, we don't <laughs> practice anything too, uh, too rigorously. Um, and I, I think a lot of it is like carrying on traditions from like some of my older relatives most of whom are no longer alive, and uh, some of them are being a little bit less practiced as a result. Um, but we've got this little silver menorah, uh, very pretty, and we would uh, do the you know eight candles in eight days thing when I was um, when I was a wee one, uh, <laughs> and we'd usually get a little card from my grandma and my great aunt separately as like a little happy Hanukkah. Here's a little bit of money, um, but we didn't tend to do anything too wild. Uh, I mean, we do like gift exchanges and stuff like that, uh, or like stuff would turn up in the mail from relatives, which was always pretty nice. Um, but it doesn't tend to be too, too much of a big deal in my household. Uh, it is kind of like, we do this and we also do Christmas, uh, which was funny because that was my flex when mm -hmm. people would be like, what do you mean? Like, you're, you're not, uh, my eighth grade understanding of Christian. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I get two gift giving holidays, bitch. So <laughs> I got, uh, my, the telescope I have was a Hanukkah present. So, you know, that kind of thing. And they're like, what do you mean you get two gift giving holidays? It's like, yeah, how about that? How do you like that? And on one of them, I get Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, wins all around really. <laughs> and Excellent. we don't need to lug a tree out of our house in three months. Um, I feel like so. in a way you can make a claim that a Hanukkah tradition is getting Chinese food on Christmas. Recursive <laughs> <laughs> kind of logic. Just a little, like, uh, just a smug little look and then we move on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we don't tend to make too, too much of a big deal out of any of the holidays in our house. It's just kind of like, this is a nice excuse to have, like, a nice dinner, do some gift exchanges, you know, stuff like that. Stay up late, watch the snowfall. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this question comes from the Bentleman. To all, you've ruined packs for me, as from now on, I will be looking for the gang rather than playing board games every time I go. <laughs> My question is, what are your favorite board games? And did you discover any new games you loved at PAX? So this is a give me to blue, because they're asking <laughs> you to name some board games you enjoy. But also, yeah. while while uh, while those of us who were at PAX and did not unfortunately contract uh, La COVID... It's worse uh, than that. I seem to have gotten it before PAX because I was yeah. feeling a little bit off that morning. And I stayed masked the whole time, which is why none of you guys got COVID from me. You're all welcome. <laughs> Stay masked in public. Anyway, yes, sorry. The, 
the I would say like having gone to a couple conventions this year, PAX was one of the ones where I think the most people were masked up, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. also the, the really difficulty crew was all in masks the whole time we were walking yeah, the floor yeah. and everything. So uh, everyone's being safe. Red, we're sorry that you were ill, but uh, for Blue and myself, <laughs> did we find any new games at PAX? And for um, everyone, do you like board games? Which games. ones? <laughs> Not any that I've tried yet because it's only been like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't say. We tried one which is called uh, like Clever Owls, which is like a, a riddle solving game oh, where yeah, you generate riddles from a deck and then your friends said, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, we did a, a little demo of it at the booth and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Grab it, like 20 bucks. Um, fun little game, um, mm-hmm. but haven't had a chance to play it yet uh, at home. Um, favorite uh, board games overall? It's the same basic answer it's been. Uh, Santorini, Dragoon, uh, Pandemic, uh, Pandemic Fall of Rome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of like anything a little more interesting. I played a lot of Muffin Time this year at, at game nights at, at Cyan in my house. Um, that's been been pretty fun. There's also a game that I've been playing a lot, uh, Red Sevens, which we played in Iceland earlier this year. I was playing oh, yeah. it with uh, um, Noir, one of the Greens, um, Daniel Green actually, who was who was joining us uh, for that, uh, and then um, our, our that wasn't Jack. in Iceland, right? That was that no, no, no. This Iceland. was this was uh, on, on Saturday. <laughs> okay, a um, couple stories got conflated, and I was no, confused. yeah, sorry. I was, con- <laughs> I was like, like, I remember Noir we, being in Iceland, we, but <laughs> we played it in Iceland, and then that was the last time I played it until Saturday when cool. and then such in group. Um, but that was really fun because Red Sevens is the the kind of game where you have to play it like it's Yu Gi Oh, and like every card is the most <laughs> dramatic, even though you're just like playing like. This is a blue five, but you see the, all <laughs> along my plant. Yeah. Um, so Red Sevens is is really, really fun for how lightweight of a game it is because it's one of the games where it's not mechanically deep like at all, but it, it allows the players to bring so much to the table and it's the communal hamming it up that, that is so <laughs> enjoyable. So that one is probably my, my like under the radar recommendation that I haven't talked about enough. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't usually love board games despite how much i like ttrpgs but mm. packs you know uh smug owls was very fun a lot of those like quick party games that i, I was able to demo at packs were, were very good and uh you know i really like the game hues and cues uh, of the pre-existing board games where you have a big grid of colors and then basically people just like, go around and describe in a single word and then in two words what the color is and you have to guess and put your little guy down. I, oh, I like a nice, one. simple yeah. game. Something that is, <laughs> as someone who is not good at sitting and listening to instructions, a game that'll take about two <laughs> seconds for me to understand and explain, mm-hmm. and then I can pick up through playing it is key. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. There's a card game. I can't remember the name of it. You guys might need to help <laughs> me out with this because the rule set, it, it's essentially like um, you, it, it's a deck of basically nouns, like little, or, or like, mm. like little prompts. And then the first time you go through this one deck, uh, you have you have to like describe what's on the card. Uh, in like oh yes, yes. we yeah, played yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, God, oh, uh-huh. what's it called? Um, you have to describe what's on the card in like a very small number of words, and then the second time through, you have to describe what's on the card in just one word, and then the third time through, you have to describe what's on the card through miming. So it's basically like in joke development speed run uh, because it's like oh uh, there's there's like four different historical rulers in this deck or whatever uh, so when I mime like a crown it's like okay that could be any of them uh, this is a real example because uh, it, it was like oh there's like four historical rulers and then like one of them is Catherine the Great and all the other of them are like dudes and it's like okay uh, so it's a crown and team I was like oh is it like like uh, King Richard and I did I did a little like 
boob mime, and she was like, Catherine the Great! <laughs> so, um... <laughs> God, I cannot remember for the life of me what this game is yeah, called, but it's yeah. so fun. Oh, it's really shit. fun, and now we can't remember what it's called, but it's so fun. Uh, Google that string of sentences. <laughs> anyway. I'm sure someone out there is going to be able to immediately clock it for us, and if you could jump onto the Discord or like comment on the promo or something, that would be rad. <laughs> we added Red, like don't you it. don't you have it in your I in don't. your home? Oh, no. okay. Uh, well, friends brought it then. Yeah, exactly. Right. I I'm not so much a board game person. I tend to I, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, oh, I don't know, and then I participate and I'm like oh this is really fun it's weird I never remember it but you know it's just yeah, yeah. so but that one's really fun <laughs> yeah that, that yeah. game was really fun excellent well this next question comes from Sira0909 to Red I want to introduce some people I know to Aurora but I don't know where they should start should I show them the beginning or start somewhere in the middle I would recommend starting at the beginning because starting in the middle won't make a whole lot of sense. No, here's what you do. You start at the most recent page and just click backwards. Mm. Just keep clicking backwards. I will <laughs> say there is a random button on the site. Uh, there has been the whole time. It's the middle button that looks like a die with the oh. different runes on it. It'll take you to a random page. I had it like someone on Tumblr was like, why is that there? And I was like, why wouldn't it be? Uh, mm. Web comics have changed, man. Like back in my day, everyone was running their own homemade WordPress site using like three plugins and doing their best. And now it's all these webtoons and tapas. Uh, but yeah, the random button was a common staple in a lot of early things. And I liked it. And uh, sometimes when I'm like, oh, I need to get to like a specific page or like I need a reference for this. Or I'll just be like making sure that the site load times are working and the browser caching isn't going too whack. And for that, being able to access a random page is actually really helpful because I can just click yeah. it like five times and make sure that it's not hanging in any of them. Um, uh, but yeah, if you really want to, you can just hit the random button and be like, all right, let me explain. Because I'm a firm proponent of like getting people into stories by dropping them in somewhere I was going to say, this question yeah. is targeted to you because you are frequently like, well, no, 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 jump into like season three, episode 10, and then go. Yeah, but <laughs> that's a personalized recommendation. That's based on who exactly you know this person is going to fixate on. Because if you think they're going to be like a false girly, then you start them on chapter eight. Because that's when he <laughs> shows up. <laughs> like, there's no point in trying to get them invested beforehand. But oh, then you have one more chapter to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then you get invested in, like, the other characters while you're getting, you know, teased with the character that they know you'll like. And then you're like, well, I'm curious, what the fuck is the deal with these guys? And then you go back and start from the beginning, because that's always step two of this master plan. <laughs> like, it just, it doesn't work if you just start in the middle and then keep going, because then they'll be like, ah, oh, the last time we fought, this thing happened. You'll be like, what do you mean the last time you fought? What happened? You gotta, after a certain point, the linear confines of storytelling are pretty ironclad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can talk about this from the perspective of someone who had read uh, up to <laughs> chapter, like middle of chapter four mm. when it came out. And then yeah, after days. the comic got away from me, um, what it was like, because I read as far as chapter four when that was as much as there was, like I want right. to say mid 2020 or something. something and I was like, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> wait. I'm gonna come back when, when the arc is done, and that's exactly what I did yesterday <laughs> night. I started from the beginning again, and got back through. Like, oh, okay, I definitely missed some stuff on my first read through, and then got to um, the end of chapter seven, which is yeah. nightmare or no? Uh, I think. Uh, no, yeah, that's the one where he goes in the spooky cave with the yeah, yeah. The thing so happens, I, yeah. I read through that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. I, I really liked it. I just <laughs> went through all of it. I'm like, oh, this is great. And oh, there was that. a certain point where I was I was like sending Red my my live thoughts, and uh -huh. there was like 
I don't know which chapter it was where the, the pace at which I was sending like screen caps of like <laughs> this uh, increased. I want to say like chapter like five. I think maybe. it was chapter five. Yeah. Because uh, that's the one where you were like, Tynan cameo? Tess cameo? And I was like, yeah, I plan ahead sometimes. Teehee. But. Uh, on the subject of like picking the exact moment for for someone to to get into, mm-hmm. I was mentioning like yeah, my one of my favorite tropes in literature is character is asleep and a malevolent force takes their body for a joyride at night, and that's uh-huh. exactly what happens in chapter seven. I'm yeah. like I love this shit. This <laughs> <Which> rules. Is, <laughs> it's funny because I knew that you liked the symbiote, you know, sleepwalking fight, but like yeah. that specific feeling of like oh no, this is exactly my flavor. Like when you you like hit the point in the in a random story where you're like oh they're doing the thing that I like huh let's see how long we stick with it and then it's like oh no this is another one of my favorite bits now because it's a perfect execution of this trope that I like Uh, and it was kind of fun to like be doing that from the other side accidentally because when I wrote that I wasn't like oh Blue's gonna love this I was just like oh Aaron's gonna hate this yeah Um, you know that's what's fun about it when I was reading it like I wasn't even always aware of when I'd like turned a chapter Mm. um I wasn't like looking through the archive or anything, so yeah. I didn't see like chapter seven, nightmare. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, you know, here's Kendall's in his room. He's going out to talk to this uh, this this ghost lady who showed up, and then I'm like, there's a little bit of light on Aaron's eyes and I like zoomed 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 and I'm like they're yellow red why are his eyes yellow I, I think all I said was he eepy uh, but you know <laughs> yeah so it's, it's going good but that's the thing like when, when it comes to like hooking somebody you know if you're like I, I need something that I know they'll love you kind of have to like know them and their tastes to be like just read this chapter in isolation and then go back so it makes sense uh but it's hard for me to recommend that with the story that I've been doing because I don't have like an outside view of like, oh, this one bit is really good as an intro. Because I'm just like, I like most of it still. <laughs> I haven't reread the first few chapters because they kind of hurt me to look at. But that's a me problem, you know. <laughs> Overall, it's like you probably should start at the beginning because that's where the story starts. <laughs> well, this so, next yeah, qu- no, someone who started from the beginning can recommend. Super Yay. fun. <laughs> I got through seven chapters in about three hours. I'm going to see how much more I can get done in the next handful of days. Or I'll just read it over Christmas, and that's fine, too. Yay! <laughs> Some holiday But I'm, I'm so glad to, like, finally be able to, like, be reading it, because <laughs> I, I have such a hard time, like, reading things or watching things, like, as they update. Yeah. I, I lose track of stuff very easily between, like, uploads. So oh, I was absolutely, like, yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time. I'm gonna like let myself like like detach for a sec, mm-hmm. and then when I'm ready to just go through it, I'm gonna go through it. And now it's like I have a handful of very tiny spoilers way yeah. far in the future that you just told me offhand as we're talking about stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm like, oh oh yeah, that's what this is. Okay, cool, I get it. It's like, yeah. why does that font look familiar? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and this is fun seeing third hand because I get to vicariously re-experience my own story, you know, four and a half years down the line, which yeah. is always a treat. That's, that's again, one of the most fun things about getting somebody you like into a show you already like or like a series you already like because they get to go through it fresh. There's, yeah. damn it, there's like a Doctor Who bit about this from the season I otherwise didn't like very much because the 11th Doctor like had something about that. They're like, why do you, why do you take companions, you know, whatever. And he's like, because I can't see it anymore. I'm so old and so sad that everything in the universe is boring. But when I show it to you and you're like, holy shit, that's beautiful. I'm like, yeah, it is. So, 
So that's me, 10,000 years old and sad, and that's why yeah. people reading my comics makes me happy. <laughs> and in this case, for me, the, it was like looking at the the scene where Alina was like, yeah, I was dropped off of a cloud because my parents <laughs> thought I was a chimeric plague, and I just like sent the Mario Penguin dropping meme yep. like this, <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, and I said, you understand my vision, so it's, yeah. it's really going great. <laughs> Excellent. Well, this next question comes from Nojarama, she, they, to Blue. In her Eclipse video, Red talked about just wanting to talk about her fascination and love for space without necessarily needing a myth to go with it. Uh, on a side note, Red, I would listen to hours of space content from you, and I'm sure I'm far from the only one. We love your videos, whether yeah. it's a myth or not. My question to Blue is, are there any topics you really would love to talk about, but you can't justify it with a historical frame, a historical topic? <laughs> okay. In, like, the first, like, phrase and a half of this question, I thought it was going to be, like, Red said she just wanted to talk about space. And I thought it was going to be, like, are you giving Red, like, the outlet to talk about space that she deserves? <laughs> Is like, there fuck, an enrichment I, to my enclosure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too much um, light pollution. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I mean, I, I kind of, like, this year was my excuse to be, like, I can just talk about architecture and the... The Tribune Tower video was kind of the breaking of the seal on that one, where it's like, I can just kind of talk about shit. Because I had, like, some architecture videos that were in the antique antics umbrella um, in terms of the branding. But it was it was a little rigid, and I was like, I'm just going to kind of fold this back into History Summarized and just do what I want, <laughs> where I don't need to, like, talk about the history of an entire civilization over the course of, like, 3,000 years. I, I can just, like, talk about a thing. And if that, like, starts with the great skyscraper race and then goes through like what New York was doing and what Chicago was doing and then the Tribune Tower and why that's interesting. I can kind of like weave a, a, a not quite linear narrative and just do that. So uh, for me, being able to talk so much about architecture this year has been like my thing, whereas previously I'm like, ah, oh, I want to talk about this, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I had to do these big like, oh, I need to do a, a whole video about like neoclassical architecture or like I, I've been putting off a video on, like, gothic architecture because I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. It's such a huge topic. There's no way. But I can talk about a building that I like and the story of that particular thing mm -hmm. and be fine. So uh, maybe there's there's something else that, that I've been meaning to, to talk about, but I haven't found an excuse to put it in a video yet. And I just haven't internally articulated what that is. But... Really, this year was uh, the year of just like, I'm going to talk about architecture and you can't stop me. I'm going to talk yeah. about the Great Ziggurat of Ur. You can't stop me. I'm going to talk <laughs> about Great Zimbabwe. You can't stop me. <laughs> I think in a, in a lot of cases, like, we do that enough times with enough of a theme that it just becomes another series. Yeah. Because, uh, like, History Makers was, it's like, if I talk yeah. about history as a whole, then I have to skim over all these interesting people and their interesting lives. But if I talk about History Makers, I can just make it about them. Yeah. Um, or again, just like the architecture, like if I, if I talk about, you know, history, I can mention there's a cool building there, but if I just talk about the cool building, I can just talk about the cool building. Just about the cool um, building yeah. I mean, Trope Talks <laughs> started out that way for me too. I was like, this is wildly different from all the summaries I've been doing of anything, but I need an outlet for this because all my friends are kind of sick of me being like, they did this in this show. And then they did it also in this show because <laughs> they're like, I've watched neither of those shows. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's tricky because the... The inclination is when you're doing something that's a little bit different from the normal, like, fare of the channel, mm -hmm. you want to immediately find another box to put it in where it's like, oh, I'm doing something different. I kind of have to know why. I yeah. need to have, like, a series ready to go for it that I can slot it into and be like, this is what this is. And it feels cleaner and more satisfying and more safe to do it that way. But sometimes you have to just be like... I don't know. I just want to talk about this and, and see where it goes. Um, mm -hmm. And whether that's doing a, like a 
as of right now, a one-off Eclipses video or kind of killing the branding on the architecture antique antics to just be like, I'm going to talk about history. And if I kind of weave my way up and down various topics, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's better to for us to be able to, to do it that way, even though sometimes we do like to just be like, hey, this is detailed diatribes. It's a new show that like, here's the <laughs> yep. format. Here's the thing. And just like come out the gate with like, this is what it is. Sometimes we have to just take the leap of faith and ah, I'm going to talk about this and mm-hmm. who, who cares? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Also, I want to do more space stuff, but things in space happen pretty slowly. Uh, <laughs> and it's a little bit of a, a crapshoot of like, am I going to be able to like go somewhere and see a cool space thing or is it going to be cloudy and this whole trip will be fruitless? So like I, I really need like a specific goal. So yeah. if space could do something exciting that I could take pictures of or something like that, I would love it. But uh, as things stand, you know, next on the ticket next April, uh, Great American Eclipse, that's kind of the next thing I have penciled in. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. (laughs) Eclipse video two. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, this next question comes from Delius. To all, like 12% of the world population, I live below the equator, and the summer is fast and mercilessly approaching me, but it means Santa will arrive in swimming trunks. Which of your favorite holiday traditions would hold up under a 40 degrees Celsius heat, and which would completely crumble? Uh, we all live in relatively cold winter climates at the moment, so mm-hmm. uh, our holiday traditions are quite snow-themed. Do, do you guys have any that you think would translate well to the summer months, or uh, any that uh, might not do so hot, as it were? Ugly holiday sweaters would burst into flames oh, yeah. as they deserve. But consider <laughs> funky holiday swimsuits could be a fun play on it. I feel like there's Ooh. a way to salvage that. Get one of those old-timey, like, leotard-looking ones and then just cover it in, like... <laughs> Stripey. Yeah, like a candy something... cane. Like a big candy cane. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's something ambiently sinful about that. I can't put my finger on it. Matching it's swim cap. It's got Santa baby energy. Matching swim cap that's, like, pointy, though, and it got a little pom-pom on <laughs> With, like, a little... T- yeah, with a tassel. You're not helping the case. <laughs> I'm not yeah, trying to help the case. I'm trying to be funny. sexy Halloween costumes. No! no. That's not what I want. Um, it has to be yes. swimmable. The point oh, yeah. of, like, Christmas wear is that you have all these layers to, like, abjure the sexiness and bring yourself closer to God. That's Absolutely the point. Not. That's why we do this in cold. <laughs> wow. There's a you can make a religion out of this. No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as a as a proponent of not really having that many specific holiday traditions beyond it's the holidays. Let's eat a big meal and swap presents. Um, mostly, here's the thing. I I spend the whole year waiting for it to get cold because I don't like it when it's hot. I, no. It's gross. Yeah. It's like if it's cold, I layer up. It's great. Sometimes I don't even layer up and I just appreciate how the cold makes me feel. I'm one of those people who legitimately enjoys how it feels to be cold. I was out and yeah. about today and it was below freezing and I was like, oh, I need to zip the inner lining back into my jacket because I'm feeling this through the leather. And like, ooh, <laughs> I'm wearing like like jeans don't actually hold heat. So I can like I can feel it in my legs. And I'm like, this is cool. This is like I haven't felt this in a while. Uh, it's weird to describe. But so I actually like feeling a little bit uncomfortably cold and as soon as it's summer it's like i'm just gonna hide inside i'm gonna crank the ac and i'm gonna wait until this stops and goes away because what am i fucking supposed to do when it's hot i'm gonna turn pink and be sweaty and not happy (laughs) and then i'll get sunburn like either you bundle up and don't get sunburn or you don't bundle up and do get sunburn neither option's good uh 
So it's just like what I enjoy about the winter holidays is that they are cold. <laughs> so yeah. so like what we're saying is red snow. would crumble oh. if the winter holidays took place. I simply would choose to not go there. <laughs> I have been an actual proponent of wouldn't it be cool to go to the Arctic one of these days? I'm that guy. I'm one of those idiots who would have died in the 1800s. I remember who was a why we went to Iceland to in February. Pole. You don't need to convince me. Yes, I am, the, I am the one who was the one. I pitched that successfully to my friend group. I was like, I'd like to see Aurora Borealis, and we have more of a chance to do that when it's night more often, so we should go when it's winter so that the sun almost never rises. And they were like, sure, sounds good. As as one of two people, me and Cyan, who were planning the trip, we were very easy sells on that. We, we had a couple other friends we were coordinating with early on, one of whom I know famously hates the cold and she was also like yeah that could be fun i was like oh my god really okay great we're doing this thing yeah but to bring as much as i agree with you that the cold is superior to the hot in terms of things i want to be feeling at any given moment uh Mm -hmm. holiday traditions i feel feel like the feast of the seven fish just in its entirety almost functions better when you have easier access to fishing and you don't have to be like freezing all the time like, I think that that could actually do pretty well in a summer situation because it is just like, how many fish can you get? More? Great. <laughs> it does become a little more hazardous, though, if it's hot and the fish, like, spoils faster. True, but consider but... barbecue is an option. You, you know, barbecue you know, fish? You could grill You grill fish? You know, you had like barbecue a grilled fish. squid or like something. Like a grilled That's fish, good. like, yeah, you can grill get fish the barbecue fish. fish. Yeah. I feel like well, if, if you tried I'm barbecue I'm using fish, barbecue and grill bone. interchangeably, but fish that uh, are okay. on a grill-like surface and being cooked in got a way it, that makes it. sense. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Do you guys think of like barbecue as like a specific flavor of thing and then to grill is an action? Because I think of them pretty interchangeably, but I am I think maybe I'm wrong. No, I... When a when something when a food is described as barbecue, I think oh it's barbecue flavor. Interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think of barbecue like as a method grilled of and then with sauce. Yeah. Mm. But also like if someone's like barbecue ribs, I'm like okay, there's a texture there, like a style of cooking that's meant to like soften the meat. And if it's like if I imagine doing that to fish, I'm like it's just gonna disintegrate. <laughs> You're gonna lose all of it to the flames. <laughs> just Thanos snap the fish. <laughs> Like a cartoon. In conclusion, um, we would simply choose to not do Christmas in the warms, uh, which is also what uh, Hello Future Me uh, is doing. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm going away from New Zealand for two years. My wife and I are going to go to Europe and enjoy winter Christmas for the first time in our lives. <laughs> Yay. Ooh. Oh, we should make so many Narnia jokes. Always winter, but never Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got time for one last question here. This one comes from Rain of Alex. Uh, if you could make a Mamma Mia style musical where you pick one artist and use all their songs for the soundtrack, what artist would you pick and will be the plot of your musical? So, Queen. That's a good yeah. option. And the plot would be the Highlander TV series soundtracked by Queen. <laughs> hmm. I feel like there's got to be other options as well. Not that the Queen well, Highlander there are, variant but none isn't of them good. are as good as Queen. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would just make more Transformers movies and as as an excuse to make more Linkin Park music videos. No, you know what? That's the other equally good answer yeah. to mine. I mean, as as which someone who named their cat after David Bowie, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't posit that the Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars kind of writes itself and already is in many ways a concept album for a musical. Mm. Yeah. I didn't realize that for, for me and Linkin Park, it actually would go full circle because I first discovered the song Numb on a Starscream AMV. Hey-o. So it, like bringing it back to Transformers is truly uh, the the exact perfect experience for I, that. I found New Divide before I knew it was a Transformers thing, but it did always have the Transformers 2 Dark of the Moon album art on it. Oh, and I was yeah. like, why is there a robot man on my, uh, <laughs> my absolute banger of a song about uh, something? <laughs> 
I've been listening to a lot of like the new metal. I've just been letting the YouTube auto-generated playlists take me yeah. recently. And it's very funny how many of these songs are just about something. It's like, it's not about like a breakup. It's not about like a substance abuse struggle. It's not about like, uh, you know, any specific tragedy. It's just like generalized ennui and something bad happening. <laughs> Would that be fucked up or what? Anyway, I'm like Shinoda. Yeah, like New Divide is like, what if something was over there, but I was over here? Yeah, could could it? Uh, could really I, makes you think, don't yeah, it? You know, beneath the truth that lies across this New Divide. Uh, Should really be in places, <laughs> don't it? Oh uh, no. I mean, it's like, I, periodically on the Auto-Generated playlist, I get a lot of stuff from Skillet, which is uh, a Christian rock band, which I didn't know, because I mostly saw it in, like, fucking anime AMVs. And it's really interesting to me, because they're all about, like, I need a hero to save me. And I'm like, yeah, like Sasuke. But then it's like, <laughs> oh, like, Jesus, that makes sense. Great. That's what's great about it. It can be about anything, well, including now that we've Jesus. Created probably the most sacrilegious the Ozpod episode per capita. Maybe we should just end this now. <laughs> we should, maybe we should get out of here. No, we can get a end. few more blasphemies in here. Yeah, we're just crush forty fit into all of this. The not knowing a band is a Christian band is a big mood because I got really into Reliant K in middle school and then found out like, wait, uh, what? Oh boy. It's like an alt indie But it is kind of cool because, um... like, it's not obvious if you're like a little baby 14 year old and you're like watching an Inuyasha. I wasn't AMV listening to the words. Like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like I was listening to the words in as much as they were explaining that somebody was in peril and required rescue. And then you're like, you listen to it and you're like, this is probably about Jesus. And then they're like, ah, uh, there's a hero living in me. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this probably is a Jesus. <laughs> Mm. I, I'm unclear on the topic, a stranger in a strange land, if you will, but <laughs> methinks I, I catch the dulcet tones of the Holy Spirit. Born from the Father before all ages, on the third day he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Yeah, this is Sasuke, right? Is this right? about Naruto? <laughs> <laughs> is this a picture? Uh. <laughs> oh, Ooh. man. Right, take us away. <laughs> ah, thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back not in two weeks with another episode because we're this is the last one you're getting this year. But we will be Hell back yeah. uh, J- January third. Well, here's Four. the thing: third, we're not yes? gonna have a regular episode, but there'll be the New Year's special going up. Uh, so right, yeah, okay, an episode in an two episode. weeks. Yes, we'll yeah. be back in two weeks with another exciting episode of with the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. If you would. A very special, exciting. The excitement will be standard, but <laughs> it itself will be special. Excellent. I think you're nailing it. Go on. You've only yeah, had uh, really another year to nail this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I think. Oh, uh, and if you're a patron, go there. Because we're going to be recording for another 30 minutes for the After After Show show where we're just going to be dicking around. Uh, quite dissimilar to what we've been doing thus far, I'm sure. And I think that's everything I needed to cover. So, until next time, I've been Red. Every day that we get closer to the end of the year, we stray further and further from the light of God. I've been Blue. This has been Overly Sarcastic Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. 
We'll be back with a regularly scheduled episode on January 10th. We're taking an extra week off on account of all of the end-of-year festivities. But never fear, there will be an episode between now and then, our New Year's special going up on January 3rd. So definitely check that one out on your audio platforms and also look for a YouTube upload. Thank you so much for listening throughout the year. And if you've enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron for even more exclusive benefits. From all of us here at Team OzPod, thanks for listening all year long. Thanks for writing in your questions, for bearing with us as we come up with progressively more ridiculous time heist antics. And we hope that you all have a lovely holidays and we'll catch you all in the new year.